I'm Dan Gregson. And I'm Mike Gregson. Welcome to Come Towards the Light, the podcast. Our goal is to find everyday people who are delightful. These people have attractive energy and a positive outlook on life. We want to know their stories and what makes them delightful. We will uncover the life experiences our guests have been through, which have enabled them to look at life in such an inspiring and delightful way. With the belief that to understand delight, one has to be acquainted with the dark. Is it possible that in our darkest hours, we are given a gift to find light, which leads to our greatest delights? Hello, everybody. Really excited about today's podcast. We're going to be interviewing Kristen Petrucci, and Kristen is a wonderful person who is a public speaker, and she also does a lot to serve those around her by uplifting them, helping them to find their value, and really helping people to connect with themselves. Uh, three of her focuses are on gratitude, connection, and wonder. Dan and I really will try and dig in and really learn what gratitude, connection, and wonder really mean to her and how she utilizes those gifts in her life and also what she does to help others to connect with those things as well. Yeah, I hope you enjoyed today's podcast. All right, everybody, welcome to today's podcast, Come Towards the Light. We are meeting with the wonderful Kristen Petrucci. Yes. Rhymes with Gucci. I just <laughs> learned that, and so did she. <laughs> yeah. Um, really excited to be meeting with Kristen. Um, <clears throat> so, so Kristen, um, I was actually talking to somebody about Dan and I's podcast and how we were getting going with this idea of, of finding delightful people that we could talk to that would share their story and help us to see, you know, what did it take to really find delight and, and come to that light in your life. And as I was, as I was touring a company with, with this guy who I thought had great, you know, great energy and a great light about him, I, I just kind of shared with him what we were doing. And he said, Oh, like right off the bat, he's like, Oh, I've got somebody for you. I know the perfect person for you to talk to. And I was, I was just like, Oh, that's awesome. I'm excited about this. And, uh, so anyway, he sent an email to, and to me and Kristen introduced us and, and, um, I was able to hop online and, and learn about you, Kristen, and some of your focuses and, and how you speak. KP speaks is your company, right? And, mm-hmm. and you, I, I could see through the website and through LinkedIn and all that, that you were so focused on gratitude. And I, I immediately thought, Oh, this is going to be awesome. It's going to be really fun to talk to you. So um, without further ado, I'm going to let you tell us about yourself and, and just give us a little bit of background on who you are and what you do. And, and uh, Dan and I are thrilled to learn about you as we go today. Absolutely. It's going to be fun. Well, I am so excited to be here with both of you. It's a little intimidating when you have like two guys staring straight at you. But um, yes. We'll, we'll stare sideways. <laughs> okay. Right? It's all about body posture and okay, position, that's right? right? There we go. There we go. There. Now I feel so much more comfortable. <laughs> So yes, my company is called KP Speaks and I do speak for um, a passion and trying to make it a living. But what I really do it for is to spread awareness about the benefits and the power of gratitude, connection and wonder. Those things are what make me thrive and also saved my life. And in 2016 march of 2016 actually so about four years ago i had a grand mal seizure in my sleep and it was about six minutes long 
And at the very end of that seizure, um, I stopped breathing. Now, I don't remember the seizure because I was sleeping. Mm, no kidding. But um, at the time, I had a seven-month-old baby, oh my a two-and-a-half-year-old, and then I had my two older kids from my first marriage. Mm. And my husband, he's from Italy. He has no family here. He woke up to the bed shaking, woke up to all that happening, and he watched me in a way pass away. Oh. I woke up in the hospital, and I couldn't remember my two youngest kids. Um, and I was diagnosed that day with epilepsy and many people, um, might know somebody has epilepsy and think, Oh, no big deal. Like it, you know, they have a seizure and then they're fine. But with me, what was interesting is I lost the ability to play the piano. I couldn't Mm. tell time anymore. I couldn't spell anymore. I couldn't do math. And I also came home a completely different person. So my kids lost their mom that day. My husband lost his wife, and I lost myself. Mm. And um, I know you two are familiar with that with your dad, with um, the tra- you know the trauma that he went through with the brain tumor and everything. Mm-hmm. Um, so what happened during those first three months after my seizure? Um, I I remembered that I was a different person before. But really? I, like yeah. just an internal sense? or I totally knew that I was different. Really? But I couldn't access her. Huh. Wow. And I became suicidal, mm-hmm. um, depressed. I was raging. The medicines they gave me were really setting me totally off. I was really different. And I, my husband would say, well, why don't you practice you know, this positive psychology that you learned in college? Um, I have a post-grad uh, certificate in positive psych. And I couldn't even do it. Like I could not access it until one of my children was in great need of help. Mm -hmm. Um, Other things happened in my life during the first three months post uh, seizure Mm -hmm. where I had to turn someone into the police. Um, There was some abuse happening in my family and I, I was the one who discovered it. And I also saw that um, there was a great need for a boost of, happiness a boost of energy a boost of being able to just survive yeah and that's where that little journal i brought for you guys today came from that's the aftermath so real quick i that journal um it's called daily reflections therapeutic gratitude practice for kids and uh i'm excited to like actually read this go through it and and i'll have my kids do it with me too but thanks for bringing these these are awesome yeah but what's interesting is in there is something that i did for uh for one of my practicums in my positive psych program and i decided to just start doing it for myself and for one of my kids and as we were doing it, I noticed that myself and my daughter, we were both like starting to thrive, hmm. doing better, getting out of our heads. And then I was so tired of writing lines over and over and over again. So I just decided to publish it. And then I started giving it to friends and oh, they cool. started loving it. Wow. Yeah. And then I was invited to speak to a group of women that uh, were trying to quit smoking and they're pregnant. And once I started speaking, I started living. You found yourself. That's yeah. amazing. So tell me, remind me how long ago this was that all the, the, epi- the seizure and the epilepsy and all that went, how long ago was that? So that was in March, 2016. Okay. So it's been, I mean, only four years, yeah, right? Four Not years. even a, well, yeah, I guess a full four years and a couple of months, mm-hmm. but wow. Mm-hmm. Wow. Lots happened to you in your life in the last four years. Yeah, no, doubt. Yeah. no kidding. 
Okay. So, um, go back to prior to that. What, what was your life like up until this point that you had this, um, grand mal seizure? I had, like I said, a seven month old. I had a two and a half year old. Um, we just purchased a home. I had my older two kids and, you know, life just seemed normal, but good. Like Mm -hmm. a lot of planting of trees and gardens (laughs) and cooking. And I actually was teaching authentic Italian cooking classes for fun. And I don't know, just a lot of joy. Yeah. A lot. So happy life. Happy you know, life. right? Your happy life up until 2016, this stuff happens. Mm-hmm. You don't feel like you can reconnect. And I mean, it gets to the point where you feel suicidal, mm-hmm. right? Yeah. How dark did it get for you? It was really dark. Um, there were moments where I would be underneath my bed, hitting my head on the floor yeah. Uh, uh, yeah. because I was just so down. I couldn't control my emotions. Um, I'd be thinking about, yeah, just ways to hurt myself. Um, and sometimes grabbing my arms or things like that, like literally just inside, like there was a demon that wanted to explode and come Mm. out and I could not live like that. I did go and start going to therapy once I really like, there was a moment where I kind of broke and I went running out of the back of my house, Mm -hmm. um, throwing things, slamming doors and left all the kids in the house. My husband was there. I said, I can't do it anymore. I just tore out the back of my house to where there's a creek. And I sat there for a good hour and a half, um, considering how I could kill myself, but I was a lifeguard. So water's like one of my biggest fears. <laughs> Not here. <laughs> I know. I was like, I know I can't drown myself. <laughs> I know it sounds silly now, no. but like then it was yeah. so serious. I was yeah. like, uh, hit my head on a tree. What can I do? Yeah. Like it was so intense at the that. time. And I just started, you know, after about a good hour, I'm sitting there and I started thinking about who would be sad if I died. And that's how I got pulled out. Yeah. Tell me, I'm curious to kind of understand this. When when you were in those darkest, deepest, you know, your your worst nightmare moments, right? Mm -hmm. Um, Why, like, what was it that had you there felt like you were trapped? Like, was it not being able to connect with that old life you felt like you had? What was it that was caught? Do you remember, do you recall like a specific thing or two that really had you feeling that dark? I felt like a total failure because I had a positive psych certificate. I talked about gratitude all the time um, and I couldn't do it myself. So these, this gratitude, this is something that you were practicing before this even happened, right? Mm -hmm. Before you had your grandma seizure and this lifestyle is something that you began even before then. And then this thing came and just caused a, a, an earthquake in your life, if you will. And then all of a sudden you're trying to get back to what you've been preaching, if you will, for quite a while and yeah. you're not able to get there. Right. So if you, you know, talk to a lot of people that have neuro, you know, maybe a brain damage or brain trauma mm-hmm. or something like that, even a um, simple thing as a concussion, yeah. you're going to suffer from sometimes mood disorders or ADHD suddenly or different things like that. Now I have like pretty severe ADHD before Mm -hmm. I didn't have it. Yeah. And what happens is your neural pathways have changed. And literally like for me, it was like my brain had an earthquake. It shook it up and it changed the way that my brain was functioning and where those pathways went. Wasn't connecting. It was not connecting. In the first month I couldn't access God. 
I could mm. only feel fear and anger oh. and stress. Uh, no joy, no, you know, nothing like that. Which is totally different than where you were. Completely yeah, because those, those words didn't appear at yeah. all when you were talking about your life before that. Yeah. And I'm a very happy, joyful, kind, excited, connecting person. Yeah. And so to be gone mm -hmm. and knowing who I was, that was the scariest thing. And to feel so alone because I didn't feel I like anyone could understand where I was. Well, so we kind of heard a little bit internally of what was going on with you during mm -hmm. that during that time and the, uh, the things you were struggling with. Give us a little bit of a picture on what was going on outside of you with your family, maybe the people close to you. What 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 were they trying to do? And and you know what were their efforts and then maybe how were they affected a little bit yeah yeah how were they affected and then w was there anything that helped you that they did or or was their concern like almost more frustrating because it just made you feel even more strange than you had been like do you know what i mean mm -hmm. yeah so those who were extremely close to me saw mm -hmm. what was happening to me like my husband and my mom but most people couldn't see from the outside yeah. really what was going on with me except for the first two months where people were like on site for mm. the first you know i couldn't yeah. be left alone with my kids kind of thing yeah, sure um but my husband definitely i think the biggest trauma happened to him um because he lost his wife he also in a way saw his wife die yeah and then he had to go back to work within like three days after all this happens and leaving his wife with his kids who he thinks my wife can't even take care of my right. kids yeah. and we still have a lot of the after effects of what happened because he didn't ever go to therapy mm -hmm. um hasn't been able to take care of himself never felt like he had time to do so um my children my oldest decided to he wanted to go live with his dad mm -hmm. so i lost my son um i'm sorry yeah it was sad yeah and my daughter there's a disconnect as well she took on the brunt of needing to make things better yeah how old are they now um, 17 and 14. So they were 13 and what, 10 yeah. when this happened? Yep. Wow. And, um, and then my mom, there'd be times where I'd be calling her. Like there was one time I was at church and I couldn't handle being in church anymore. So I went outside into my van and I was yelling and screaming and crying in my van, like mm -hmm. having a full on weird breakdown. Yeah. I called her and she said, remember, Kristen, this isn't you. It's like dad with his diabetes, you're just having a reaction. And like being reminded by my husband, by my mom, by others that were really close to me, remember Kristen, this isn't you. I needed that reassurance in the times I couldn't really feel that anymore. Sure. And that was very reassuring. To, um, and then also like my friend who asked me to speak, helping me feel capable. Yeah. You know, like you have a special huge. story to share, right? For sure. Yeah. yeah, and that's what launched KP Speaks. I've been able to speak at Amazon. I've been able to speak, mm -hmm. at, you know, co-found a women's summit. I have, um, I'm going to be speaking at a women's business conference in June. And, and all of this came out of my one friend believing in me and saying, you're capable. Let's have you speak. That's amazing. So it's like. I think as a parent, I like to hear that because sometimes I've, I feel you, you hear those quotes that like you've got to treat people like like 
treat them the way that you believe they can be, right? If we limit people, they, they don't rise to what we hope they can. But if we treat them as if they're already that awesome person, they can rise to that. And that's to have empowering people around you that did that for you in your life. That's a, that's a huge, what a blessing that was. Well, and to have some faith in you when you had none, none in yourself. Yeah. That's incredible. Yeah. yeah. So did you, you've talked a little bit about your relationship with God. Um, Tell me about that in those moments. Did you get bitter? Did you get angry? I mean, where where were you with in your relationship with your God? Well, for me, I I wasn't bitter or angry. I have always believed, um, kind of like Viktor Frankl's Man's Search for Meaning, mm-hmm. um, that everything we go through has its purpose. <laughs> You've got the book right, right there. there. <laughs> yep. <laughs> you know, I, I personally just thought, okay, there's a reason for this. There's gotta be a reason for this. And even when I couldn't access him, I just thought, I know that he's there because he showed me before. So I'm just going to keep waiting and keep working. And I, so that's, that's incredible to me for you to still have the faith that he's there. He's aware. He's a part of it. He's, he's with you, but to be in, to also kind of go into the, to to free fall into such a dark place, Mm -hmm. right? Where you just feel so almost unworthy to be alive anymore. Right. Mm -hmm. Yeah. And there were times I felt bad. Like I felt, um, you know, you go through the little guilt complex towards feeling bad that you're not being as grateful as you could be Mm -hmm. towards God. And, Especially when you're in that spiral um, and you feel so far away from from your God, then I feel like that disconnect gets even larger. But I was, I don't know, I was raised with um, the belief that he's always there. And then, like I said, I've had experiences in my life where I have felt a higher power. And I could remember those. I just couldn't access him sure. at the time. Sure. But I can access him now. Sure. On a different and unique how cool yeah. how cool is that and that's we i mean that we that's really what we want to talk to you about right mm-hmm. i mean i know i i, I kind of want to dig in a little deeper to your story along the way right like what's happened to you since the seizure not just the whole part of you you know having these moments where you were in such darkness and, and you had to have people call you like your mom call you and say hey remember this isn't you this is just you know, something this is causing you to go through. And then, and then that angry spell where you ran outside your house and you were seriously thinking about how you could end your life. Right. Mm-hmm. Um, because there's a lot more to that story. I know there is right. Like what to, with your family, you know, what, tell me like to walk us through a little bit about what, what you went through with your kids and, and, and after that for the next couple of years, if you don't mind. Yeah. Well, with, I really feel like, um, so I have gotten through, it because of the way that I'm able to think trying to coach my kids through that is a totally different um, scenario sure like I have a six-year-old now a four-year-old and I actually have a 21 month old so I end up having another baby with epilepsy (laughs) Um, that was scary but um, with my 17 year old and 14 year old I had to do a lot of apologizing and really just like I'm sorry you know I was raging and mean and not nice and and I, I recognize like I really had to put myself a, trying to put myself in their shoes. They were champions, like so amazing, and they just 
I saw it in their eyes. This isn't my mom. And they, they were patient or they would just kind of go off and kind of leave for a while. But I know that they'll be, when they're older, they'll probably as adults be angry at me for a while and go through that process of wondering, you know, why did mom do this or why couldn't she have handled this or why did she make those choices? And I think that's part of our life process. And as for the six-year-old and the four-year-old, um, the four-year-old grew up with me who, you know, I'm just the mom with epilepsy and the six-year-old grew up with not remembering the mom before anyway. So they've just seen me being the different mom with lots of emotions and always practicing. Like we talk about at the table, what was your favorite part of your day? Yeah. Mom and, you know, and my little Joshua, my six-year-old, he's like, I know what you're going to wish for, mom, because we always wish if it says 11, 11 on the clock. And he's like, I know, mom, you're going to wish for peace and harmony. And I'm like, yep. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and they're wishing for video games. But. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> So I'm Sounds trying like a to like, kid. yeah, I'm trying to teach them and coach them without, with hoping that they'll be able to recover, but it's part of their life story too. Sure. And I recognize like, I didn't have an easy childhood. I did, but at the same time I had a dad who had a chronic illness, mm-hmm. uh, type one diabetes, and it wasn't well taken care of. Yeah. Uh, he did everything to take care of it, but it's just been, you know, I'd see my dad like pulsing if he was low or suddenly he turns to the boogeyman, he's jumping up on the table, like I'm the boogeyman. And we're like, what is What's going happened? on with dad? Yeah. You know, and I'm the oldest of eight. And so I watched oh, wow. my dad all the time having these big, huge Swing. swings. Yeah. And then my mom would be like, Kristen, you got to take care of the kids. Yeah. And I personally am an empath. So I'd be feeling all of her intensity and taking it on. And then also seeing my dad, like not it's being a present load for a kid. Yeah. Man, and it is. And that also helps me, though, with what I went through, thinking that's part of what made me me. Yeah. Even though it's crappy, and it's nothing that you ever want to put on your child, ever, but it's part of their life story, and it is what makes them resilient. It makes them be able to understand other people, have Mm -hmm. empathy, and yeah, they're going to go through some angry times, but they're going to be okay because yeah. I believe God knows who he sends to you and when he sends them to you and you are meant to be their parent, regardless of all the mistakes and all the, everything we go through. You sound like Victor Frankel. <laughs> I like him. <laughs> yeah, that was good. That's good. I, I agree with that hundred percent. And I think, um, you know, I think everything that, that we go through in life prepares us for what's next in our life. And, and God knows you know, what's next and he knows what we need to go through. And, um, uh, yeah. And, and for our kids too, I, I like how you mentioned it's part of their story as well. You know, it's, it's not just an individual story. It's about those around us and those who surround us and, and how we influence them and vice versa. And, uh, I, I, I think it's so cool though, that, that you're so engaged in trying to make sure that, right now they have the right tools going forward to really help them to understand and to deal with, you know, being able to, in, in some way, there's going to have to come a time where they can forgive you for that. Mm-hmm. It's not that you personally did anything to hurt them, but, but, but they were hurt. Yeah. But yeah. they were hurt. And, and, and there's a, there's a book that I just finished reading called the hiding place. And one of the things that Corey Ten Boom says in the end of that book is she says, no matter who, so again, about concentration camp, Nazi, the war, she's in Holland, takes care of these people that are Jewish and, and she gets busted for it. And she goes and stays in a prison camp and, and um, 
And at the very end, she says something that just really stood out to me. She said, no matter who you are in those moments, whether you were a Nazi soldier or you were somebody helping the Jewish people or you were a Jewish person or you were someone who told on somebody. So like you could be hated for that, right? No matter who you were, you had to, you had to give the gift of forgiveness to somebody. You had somebody to forgive no matter what part you had to play. And, um, I think that's, I, I, that's really a special thing to me is, is, is to allow to openly talk to your kids about things the way that you see them and, and help them understand, you know, this is, this is what happened. This is who I am. And, and look at your life sense, right? I mean, first thing you do when you get here is you hand us these gratitude journals and, and a book. That's pretty awesome. And if I, if I saw my mom doing something like that, um, that really opens up the door for me to be able to, in my older, as I start to mature and I understand more, to be able to say, I forgive mom. It's not that mom meant to do those things. That's what mom went through. That was her own journey. But like, I forgive, I forgive, I can forgive all that stuff, that animosity that I've maybe held in my brain and my heart. And I can forgive that and I can be grateful for it. Right. Mm -hmm. Kind of that whole gratitude piece. And then it changes you as a person. So yeah, that's, uh, that's cool. Well, so I've been, I've just been thinking the last little bit, you know, when you were talking about how there were things that you weren't able to access after the seizure. And those things were things like, again, help me out. It was like love, God, and, and what was it? Just joy. Joy. <laughs> like, and, and, and some, maybe, maybe some creative things that you really loved about yourself before the piano, mm -hmm. things like that. Um, what was it that you like, what process did you go through or what tools did you have to build into yourself to get around back to accessing that again? Those connections. Like how, how did the, how, yeah. How did you do that? I worked really hard. Yeah. It's um, a lot of work. Yeah. I went to a really amazing brain quote unquote, uh, chiropractor. I don't even know what to call him, but he helped me do some exercises. What's I, his name? um, I'm gonna have to tell you guys later. You'll have to put the. <laughs> we'll, I feel bad. We'll, we'll, we'll throw awesome. a little message it's on all the end. Yeah, he's in Orem. Um, <laughs> I think it's Brain Injury Clinic or something. I'm probably even saying that wrong. Okay. Um, I, yeah, I, I just put myself out there. Like I started teaching cooking classes again one year after the incident. Um, my first class, I brought my husband with me. I mean, he's the one who taught me the recipes. Yeah. But literally, like I was doing hand checks with him over and over. Cause I had to refocus yeah. and to be able to just stay like focused on things. I couldn't stay focused. So, so you'd reach over. So yeah, I have, like, there's a picture you. I have Get that I post online. Back. Like, yeah, that you can see in the mirror above me, us like holding hands for a second. It was just little tiny yeah. check-ins. Um, I, I did tons of, um, self work with, um, I went to therapy. I did yoga. I learned to meditate meditation is one of the ways I've come so close to God now. Um, I feel like culturally, so I was raised in the cultural epicenter of Mormonism is what I call it. <laughs> Pleasant <laughs> Grove, yes, Utah. True. Um, my grandpa was like a religion professor at BYU. My mm -hmm. dad was a seminary teacher. I was raised very culturally with the, the culture. Mm -hmm. And to start going into yoga and meditation, I felt almost like I was yeah. leaving was against, against the culture. Them. Yes. Right? Yeah. But instead, yes, yeah. I am definitely, I like wear rocks now. And I, <laughs> you know, whoa, I know. Joke, Wait guys. a second. You got a rebel in yeah. the room. Um, <laughs> but 
as I meditate, I'm able to place myself with God and, and I'm able to be calm. And I started to find all these scriptures where the prophets meditated. They didn't just pray. And, you know, I, there's healing with meditation. There's healing with being able to calm your mind. I really believe in neuroplasticity. I, I really studied it and I, I practiced, I worked, I, I did this journal, like this journal that I gave you guys, I have an adult version. I have one for teens. Adult version sounds really stinky, but <laughs> it's not, it's, wow. it's clean. Um, but yeah, like I would do it every night, especially now if I'm feeling, starting to feel down, mm-hmm. I start doing it again. Like I am religiously, okay, start checking in with my, my gratitude practice journal. And and I learned to be able to just also forgive myself yeah, good. and just be like, this is, this is it. Like, this is just what, who you are. And I think being able to like today, no, it was yesterday. Mm-hmm. Um, not a good mom moment. Um, uh, <sighs> all my three kids have big emotions right now cause there's a big change happening in our home right now. Mm-hmm. And so I've like put one child in timeout. One child's crying because he got hurt. He's in the other room. My 21-month-old's in the kitchen, and I run out to the basketball court to cry on the basketball court in my backyard. Mm-hmm. I had to put myself in timeout. <laughs> you know, and I'm sitting there with all these huge More emotions. probably do that, by the yeah. way. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Right? Right. So I'm there. I can hear my baby, mama. And I'm like, I'm here, but I got to take a moment. Yeah. And, and I just sat there like sad and feeling so down and just so overwhelmed with all my feelings. Mm -hmm. And then I just said, you know, God, I need your help because this is hard. Mm -hmm. And then two minutes later, I get back up and I'm looking at the trees and the birds and I'm like, I am so grateful that I have this Yeah. and I'm able to access that. And how beautiful is that? That I can have a really hard, awful super depressing moment but then i can turn and i can find peace and joy in just in the next moment because i've been practicing this is a muscle it's not just you know oh gratitude's awesome write your three things it is literally i have been trained for years for what i'm facing right now Mm -hmm. and if i hadn't been trained for what I'm facing now, I believe I would be hospitalized. So um, just real quick, can you get into a little bit of what your little gratitude journals were like when you first started them and maybe kind of how that evolved over time? Yeah. So the gratitude journal, I mean, it had the same things that are on here, but Mm -hmm. when I first learned it in positive psych um, in my programs at the U of U, I would just write three things down because that's what we were supposed to do nightly. And then um, for type A people, that doesn't really work. I'm not a type A, definitely not, but, um, I would just get it done. And I believed in the process. Like I'll write these three things down and it's proven scientifically that it's going to change your behaviors, change your moods and help you out. Especially after about, I think it's about four weeks to six weeks if you continue to do that. But what I chose to do in this past year and a half is I evolved that process into not just writing it down but i brought it into a visceral level so let's say like what's one thing dan you're grateful for i'm him mike i am so grateful for mike all right like i would not be here literally in my physical body without mike let's just take a moment and dwell on that for (laughs) (laughs) so i call I, i call mike the experience um 
And the reason I call him that is because most of the exciting, good things that have come in my life either came because I learned by his example and his tenacity or uh, his stupidity. <laughs> it's part of tenacity. <laughs> yeah. Or directly because we were together and doing something. Um, you know, the, we, we spent a lot of time together as kids because we moved around a lot and we we're only eight, 18 months apart. So we were almost kind of like built in twins and we fought like dogs, but man, we also just, we were important to each other. Yeah. I'm yeah. so grateful for you, man. Thanks, man. So when you would write down Mike, then you would think about a memory mm -hmm. why you're grateful. That's the visceral part. So most people just write down like, I'm grateful for Mike, grateful for my house, grateful for my shoes. So instead it would be like, I'm grateful for Mike. And you would go back to one of your mm -hmm. experiences. Why? And so it would solidify that. Visualize and it. Visualize yeah. it. Yeah. I'm grateful for my house. And you would think yeah. about what you did in your house today that just made you feel happy and peaceful. Mm -hmm. Grateful for my shoes. My feet were so cozy today. Yeah. <laughs> they didn't, you know, they were just happy yeah. and I was able to walk around. So that's where I took it up a level. Mm -hmm. And then you can get to the point where you actually are you know, who made those shoes and expanding it to grateful oh, for the people that did this. And the, and so you start living this level of, I'm not just grateful for my 1200 count sheets. I don't even know if that's a good count. Cause <laughs> I'm not, I'm not one of no those clue. girls, but you know, yeah. but like, sounds really good. Yeah, right. No, you're but the one you that told from... us that Gucci rhymes your last name. So I'm, I'm questioning this. Hey, Gucci came from someone else. Um, you know, it took me seven years to get the Gucci yeah. part. So yeah. Um, yeah, but you take that 1200 count sheets, but you're thinking about where did that cotton come from? Who were yep. the farmers? Who were the, you know, how did like you get it? how am, yeah. I'm so grateful to have the this sunshine, comfortable the bed. water. Yeah. Yeah. And it sounds all woo woo ish and like, no. Oh, who would ever do that? But your mind starts going there yep. and you start living a gratitude lifestyle instead of just being grateful. And, and then I was going to say, as, as you write your three things every night too, what changes and I, and I've done this before with a gratitude journal and what changed for me is I started to really throughout the day, look for those things, right? Like, what am I grateful for? And I, I look around and it became so easy to find something to be grateful for, you know? Mm -hmm. And, uh, what, what a powerful thing. I, I want to, can I, can I just take a second to go back? I, you said something I think was very important. And part of the hope for Dan and I is that this podcast put something out there from each person that we talk to um, that has a, a wonderful story that will touch and maybe help another life. You know, I think that's the goal with this thing is we, we don't just want our voices to be heard. In fact, I don't like hearing my own voice very often, but um, we want, we, we hope that there's someone out there listening um, or that bumps into this, that, that can get something out of it. And maybe it, it touches them at the right time. Cause I believe that stuff. I believe that all things happen, um, for a reason. And uh, you, you, you said that everything that was happening in your life was to prepare you or it was happening for a reason. Right. Mm -hmm. So I think as you've gone through all these things, um, that you've talked to us about, um, what do you feel like you, you what do you feel like you went through it for? Like what, that's a deep question because there's so many that sorry I kind of didn't really throw that out there correctly but do you do you feel like what you've experienced and what you've been through um has really changed you and helped you in a way to see other people differently uh 
Absolutely. I, one, I, I didn't really know what true sorrow was. Um, I didn't know what, I guess, true shame was. I didn't know the depth of, I sound like I'm going to go on to a, into a movie, depths of despair, <laughs> but like, you use seriously, the voice. I can't the do depth, it. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But I mean, really like being able to go there and know what it feels like. I can literally say, I know what you feel like. I can completely understand, even though I'm not going through the situation you're going through. I 100% understand. Well, and that comes through crystal clear, like on my end, uh, from you, like that's obvious. Um, you know, it, it, it <laughs> this feels like a lot like the, uh, Pixar inside out movie. Yeah. <laughs> like you were kind of the joy and then all the sadness came and then you had all this breadth of emotion that now you're open to. Yeah. And I am open to, I'm able to live. The only ones that I'm still struggling with is I, anger mm -hmm. um i still feel a little bit of shame when i feel anger but that's what i was yeah. raised with yeah. and yeah. but anger we all know if it's a righteous or not i wouldn't say righteous anger if it's an justified anger mm -hmm. that is a warning sign that something's wrong something needs to be changed and i understand that now i even learned that in my positive psych classes like that's where i was like oh anger's okay yeah yeah, yeah. you know yeah. but it's still difficult its for me uh, I feel like I lost my self-control if I get angry. And so I'm still learning to allow that feeling. And then I would just say um, the other one is when I, I still am struggling with being able to set boundaries mm -hmm. for myself in the way if someone has hurt me, not just allowing them to continue to hurt me because I care about them and love them. Yeah. Because I've hurt people so much and i'm so grateful for the gift they gave me yeah you you said you know you know the the depth of sorrow in a totally different way and if if you um were to come face to face with someone who was in your position a few years back when you were on the verge of saying how do i end my life if you were to come face to face with somebody right there in that moment what would you say to them number one is you are divine you matter you're safe and you're gonna get through this I promise you right now you feel like a failure right now you might feel like nobody um, that they'll be better off without you because it's really hard but you will get through this and you will be so grateful you didn't do this in hindsight right yeah looking back you can you in those places of utter darkness and all of a sudden looking back you go i get it mm -hmm. i know why i'm there now and now it's our opportunity to turn around and help somebody out yeah. else i i think that's that's pretty awesome yeah. so kristen i'm curious what is it about gratitude that that i don't know like what is this magic about gratitude why why is it gratitude that helped you break out of this why does it help people? What is it about it? What is it about its process or whatever that gets you to a point where you're able to, where for you, access some things that were closed off to you? Well, one thing about gratitude is you lose the sense of ego that I, you know, everything matters so much mm -hmm. because you re recognize like there's so much to live for. There's so much out there and you are almost like a star in the constellation or a star in the universe. And it sounds almost like 
when you say that, well, I don't matter, but actually you matter so much, but at the same time, there's so much to live for. There's so much to be explored. And then the other thing about gratitude is you find that as you practice gratitude, it's an abundant um, practice. So the more that you practice, the more it comes, the more you can feel it. Mm -hmm. And it just keeps building and building. And your, your mind, like uh, Mike said, you start seeing more and more things that you're grateful for, more that you appreciate. And I, I launched a pilot study in June of 2019. Mm-hmm. I was studying to see you know, what people wanted at, at work, like what type of appreciation they wanted to receive. And the number one answer was they just wanted someone to express gratitude face to face. And I had other choices like monetary reward you know bonuses bonuses monthly you know i'm the employee of the month and um out of all of the respondents it was like clear-cut huge response was i just want to be seen in a way that's how i took it face-to-face expression of gratitude that's very much me like i want to i want to hear the words or i want to read them Mm -hmm. i don't want a gift i don't want money i don't want a gift card I want to, I want to see the words. Tell me what it was specifically that you're, that you were proud of me for. Yeah. And I think that's why, um, you know, a lot of people don't have words as their love language, but there's something about the connection that happens when Mm -hmm. you're expressing gratitude. Not, it's not a like way to go, Bob, you know, it's really like, I appreciate this about you or what you've done. And that, that really creates a connection and connection is extremely healing. Connection is something that can help with addiction. It can help with, if you are feeling depressed, if you have anxiety and that's why, you know, I started focusing not just on gratitude at first. It was only gratitude when I started KP speaks. Then I realized, wait a second, we've got wonder and we've got uh, connection. And when you express gratitude face to face, you experience all three at the same time. That's awesome. It is awesome. It causes you to feel a feeling too. You know, I, I think about going back to what you're saying about how through an employee, you know, as an employee, what, you know, what do you get? What drives you? What motivates you? And <clears throat> money's, money's a transaction. That doesn't do anything yeah. for you. I mean, yeah, exactly. that's like, oh, cool. I can go buy that. Well, you know, you know how much your effort meant to them. Sure. It meant $25 yeah. at and, a movie. And that's not even coming out of your, that's not even coming out of your boss's pocket. Exactly. That's coming yeah. out of probably somebody else's pocket. The HR so, person and, who yeah, the boss so talked to that got the gift card. It's a transaction. But when somebody comes in and talks to you and looks you in the eye and takes a second, not just in a fleeting pass by, hey, great job, but like comes in, looks you in the eye, there's a feeling that comes with it and feelings last a lifetime. They, I mean, their feelings are an eternal thing. And, and I, and I think who, who said that quote, is it Maya Angelou? I don't know. Essentially. Yeah. Who said, you know, you, you, the thing that you remember the most is how somebody made you feel. And I totally butchered that, but you all, <laughs> you know what I'm saying? And that's, that's amen to that. And, and I think, so I love, I love your focus just in talking to you. I can absolutely tell that, that you are the kind of person that really you focus on yourself to, to be the kind of person that can bless other people's lives. That's the only, that's the most unselfish focus on yourself kind of focus that you can give, right? Mm -hmm. Everything you do is trying to enable, empower, and, and just uplift someone else around you. So, um, what a cool thing. And, and, and what a, to go through all these things and then have to be able to have this now ability to turn around and do this. Um, are you grateful for that? 
Absolutely. I get to live my dream. I've, I don't know. I spoke once for, um, I was part of this Institute council, executive council at snow college. And I remember speaking in front of everybody and they were all laughing and I was like, I love this. Yeah. Yeah. You know, it was just <laughs> beyond my dream. It was so fun. And then, you know, I became a mom immediately after college and all these other things happened. And I, I lost that dream for a long time. And then, you know, in a way, because of my experiences, this is the only way I feel like I would have been able to speak and feel good about it. Yeah. Because I can only speak about things I'm extremely passionate about that mm-hmm. I know will help others. Like, I want to be hired. I, I'm looking for a job right now. And I've actually been like, I'll be your spokesperson. <laughs> <laughs> but, only, you know, but I only like solicit companies yeah. that I really, yeah. really believe in. Sure. But they don't, I don't know why they don't hire me. Yeah. They're like, Rude. we don't know. Nobody has just a spokesperson. Yeah. I'm like, I'll be your spokesperson. Yeah. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, with the right this, one will come. Yeah. The right yeah. one will come. But when I, I have had moments <clears throat> where I'm literally, there was one time at church and I'm in the mother's lounge and this girl's like, oh, KP speaks. I'm like, yeah. I've heard of that. Yeah. And she's like, I was at one of your things and I think about it all the time and it helps me. How cool. And yeah. So those types of moments when that comes back to me and my biggest, biggest goal is just to let other people know that they're not alone. That's cool. And I feel like the only way to help them feel like they're not alone is to go through a lot of crap. Yeah. yeah. And then you can really be able to understand a true. lot of people. What a... That w- wisdom you just shared right there. And I, th- I think, especially in our youth, when we go through a lot of crap, I, it can crush. I mean, in, in in our world we live in today, we see suicide rates up higher than they've ever been, right? Right. And, and going back to that question I asked you, of what you would say to somebody if you looked them in the eye and you knew they were in that moment. And you, you said, I just helped them understand their worth. Mm-hmm. And and you just you just want to tell people, hang on. Like through the toughest stuff you go through, hang on, hang on, slow down, hang on. And let me put my arm around you and, and together we'll walk this path. I'll help you a little bit because when you get past this, when you get through this, the gift that it's going to give you in your life and, and, and in talking to you, Kristen, I, the, the person that you become and, and it's you, right? You find yourself through the most difficult stuff we go through. It's not it's not the free trophies that we're given in the sports world of today's <laughs> youth, junior jazz basketball, right? It's not all these, those freebies or those things you don't have to work for, but it's the tough stuff. It's the broken hearts. It's the, it's the most ugly things we go through. Learning how to take responsibility. Yeah. That, Digging when, in and yeah, engaging. Yeah. yeah. That really help us to understand who we are because then we choose yeah. who we are and we take accountability for it. And that, that is a, what a gift that is. Yeah, absolutely. So, so again, I want to get back to these, these three principles, your, uh, your gratitude, wonder, well, let's just move on to wonder. Connect. So, gratitude, so why, yeah, wonder. exactly. And connection. So, yeah. so with wonder, like why was, so obviously gratitude makes a lot of sense to me why it would be there. Mm-hmm. Wonder actually like totally just like shoots right to my heart. And I'm like, I, I, I that makes sense to me. What like, Dan's want... saying is he wonders <laughs> about why. I... Can we play the drums? <laughs> but I'm yeah. Oh, I, that's I... a bit lame. <laughs> hey, but... welcome to Mike's life. Hey, I grew up with that. But, um, <laughs> but like this sense of wonder, I think like I really, like I kind of, 
go out of my way to live in my own reality because I like my sense of wonder. <laughs> so yeah. kind of talk a little bit about why that was key for you as you're coming out of these things that you've struggled with, with your seizure, like where, where did that idea come from? And then why is that, why has that been an important part of it? Okay. I wonder. Yeah. I, I yeah. Wonder. <laughs> Boy, we're going to get a lot of puns now. <laughs> Okay, so... Hey, you said you liked when people I, are laughing. I, I do. Just, I, hey, I know. Little comedy. When she says the things and they laugh. Not when you say <laughs> the things and they laugh. Yeah, most people don't laugh. When I <laughs> so, with wonder, it is one of those positive psychology. They usually coin it as awe. Yeah. But awe and wonder, I, it's pretty hand in hand. The reason I call it wonder is because I came up with an awesome acronym, stop and wonder, like saw through those negative thoughts. Yeah. You know, it's one of those ways to teach teens and adults, like you know. So that saw, like huh. stopping and wondering, um, came from a TED talk I was led to. And it's interesting how I got led to that. Um, uh-huh. My husband at the time, he was playing video games a lot because I was really mean. Mm-hmm. Um, it was the first year after you know post epilepsy attack Mm -hmm. and and so i was looking up all of these um articles on how you know using electronics can destroy your marriage sure right but i mean that was totally a coping technique obviously because he needed to disassociate from what was going on with us and our whole family Mm -hmm. and i was reading this you know article i was like yes 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 and it goes watch my ted talk i thought awesome i've got this ted talk about how electronics is so bad for you know connecting as a, in a marriage yeah I was, I was like ready he's a biochemist so i'm like i have to have like real proof yeah so i start watching this ted talk it has nothing to do about electronics zero and i was like okay but what happened is i had gone to um a, my therapist the day before and saw on the table this magazine and it was uh, get out of your head psychology today and, um, and it reminded me about rumination mm-hmm. and how to stop negative thoughts. Then I'm watching this Ted talk. It's guy Winch, and he talks about emotional hygiene and in it, he started talking about rumination. Mm-hmm. So it was back to back two days in a row rumination. And the way that he okay. stopped ruminating was to stop and just look at something or think of something that was positive or just like immediately stop that negative thought. So, and so on, I came sec. up with the wonder. So That's with, cool. with rumination, is it, is it this, it, when he talks about rumination, is it this idea that you're continuing to, to cycle on negative, like, mm-hmm. like a negative track without like letting it move on? Absolutely. Okay. So, well, and what's funny is my husband was like, you know what rumination is? It's what cows do. It's when they burp up their cut, their, oh, um, it's the keep, chewing the cud. Mm-hmm. So you swallow oh, your food, you regurgitate, chew it, chew it more, swallow again, regurgitate, regurgitate yeah. chew, wow. swallow. Okay. So that's rumination, what rumination folks. is. Yeah. yeah. So I was having really hard time with ruminating. I would just have negative thoughts all the time, cycling, cycling, cycling. I couldn't get out of my head. And Guy Winch said it took me two weeks. I mean, he's a psychologist. So he's like, I knew what I needed to do. I did this. So I started doing it and I was doing it like 40 or more times a day. I'd be like, Oh, there's another negative thought. Stop. And I would look outside. I'd look at the clouds. I look at the mountains. I'm driving in the car. Kristen, remember, look. And within about two weeks, I was able to get out of my head and start getting into my life. Yeah. And it was phenomenal. Like it was absolutely amazing, but it took practice. Yeah. 
And so that's where the wonder started coming. And there are days, you know, like, I don't know about you guys, but when you're really good at something and then you can't do it and people are, know you for what you do, like they're, you're the gratitude gal, you're the wonder girl. But when you have your really awesome. hard days, yeah. then you're going to feel really crappy totally. if you can't break yourself like out. And, yeah. But I want everybody to know that while you're doing this, while you're practicing this, you will have those days, no matter what, mm -hmm. that it's going to be difficult to break out. But that's where Mike and Dan, it's like that day is where you're like, wait, but I know I'll get out of this. Just hold on. You got to practice what you preach. Just right? keep practicing. Yeah. And that's what I did. And so I do have bad days still. It's yeah. not like I'm just like, yay, life is amazing. I'm in utopia <laughs> at all times. Like I said, the other day I went outside and cried on my basketball court. <laughs> you know, it, it's not like I'm perfect, but. There's a lot of wonder in that. Yeah. Yes, there was wonder. But, you know, what happened is, um, I am under, you know, we're under COVID right now, yeah. right? I've got three littles at home. Mm -hmm. I'm trying to run two businesses and I'm coping and I'm not just coping. I am most days thriving and I'm not and getting out and doing awesome things. Yeah. Like, and you're four years removed from this thing that was just like the darkest thing you've ever been. Yeah. And, and I had and something extreme happen in February also that rocked my world. Like something that it's beyond my imagination that could have happened in my life. Yeah. And without, and that's like right before COVID happened, mm -hmm. without having yeah. all these tools at my access, like what it is, is an inoculation. It's an inoculation to the high stresses. So you, you can handle, you know, suddenly maybe the lower stresses you're going to start acting up to because you're like really intensely being hit but you can handle the really large stress because you've been practicing. Yeah. And I've noticed that in my life. Like now, like I mentioned before earlier, there's something that happened where I'd be in a hospital now if I didn't hadn't, didn't have these four years of practicing. Yeah. And I know for certain that because of these four years of practicing, using my stop and wonder, mm -hmm. uh, using my gratitude and connecting, making sure I'm connecting not just to others, but to God and to myself, that I have been able to continue forward and move forward through what just happened in February. That's did, brilliant. Did that you, amazing. Did you start doing, did you start really creating this for yourself? Meaning, um, when you were at this point, this low point, um, to take these action steps to really start to, to make your toolbox, if you will, um, was that just a self-driven, self-motivating thing. What, where did you go? What, where did you access? Did you go to counseling? Did you go to family? Where did you put yourself that really allowed you to thrive? Well, um, one was my yoga therapy mm -hmm. with Soraya Hoffman with back pocket yoga. The other, my husband, he helped me through a lot of hard things. Like he would talk me through it. My mom, um, safe people that I knew yeah. wouldn't give me bad advice or um, that just knew who I was, and then therapy. And then I relied on, you know, this journal actually came from a program that I'd written for a younger boy during my, my practice. And then I modified it. So I took some ideas from my therapist and I did it for myself, but then I recognized other people could definitely utilize these things. When I do meditations on my Instagram, let's say, I'm actually thinking about me. 
and you know, of course helping others. Like I pray before I do it and then I want to help others, but sure. it's literally like, what does Kristen need? What does she need to hear? Sure. And what I need to hear is exactly what so many others need oh, to hear. Yeah. Like you are loved, you are safe, you can do this. And that's where I come from is just knowing that there's other people that have been in the places I've been yeah. and, and they need to hear exactly what I needed to hear during those times. And right now we're a lot more similar than I think we realize sometimes. When you would go, go back to the safe people, when you'd go to the safe people, mm-hmm. your family, your friends, whoever it was in your safe world, and I, and I think I've got my safe people. I've, Dan's got his safe people. Uh, we all have them, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, close associates. Did they always tell you things that were easy for you to hear? Like, um, meaning, okay. did you ever get any feedback where you were like, whoa, that was pretty abrupt or that was, I don't, I mean, it did it cause you any friction, I guess, in your, in your, in your thought process that made you really reflect? Definitely with my husband, <laughs> but a lot of it was truth at the time. Um, and I would say my closest of friends where I, you know, all of it was raw and open. I did have, you know, one or two best friends that could tell me things, but I wouldn't let everybody else totally in and that's part of being safe um keeping a bit of distance but also when you create that amount of trust then you're open to them telling you things that are hard because you know that they know you yeah and they're not gonna you know tell you something that's not something that will that's beneficial for you sure which that to me is just the connection piece of this right Mm -hmm. is finding those safe people learning how to open up to them in a way and and seeing how you can trust them with some things that you don't know that you can trust very many other people with. And so again, I'll, I'll just pose this to you. Why is it that connection is so important to us? Why is it that it is so healing and effective at, at helping us through times like what you experienced? Well, in my own little world, I believe that connection is what reminds us of God's love. And... I was, I wasn't even focusing on connection either until about six months ago. And I was looking up, um, how to overcome pornography addiction Mm -hmm. for teens. Mm -hmm. And there was this uh, video on how connection was extremely important for teens to be over to overcome pornography addiction. And it just clicked and it was like, duh, Kristen, this is the last little key to your like trifecta of healing. And this is what carried you through me, you know, me personally through so many hard times was knowing I could reach out to somebody. And I believe that there are not just people here in person with us, but I do believe that there are others on the other side that connect with us as well. And I feel them, but how powerful it is when somebody calls and says, I just felt like I should call you. I just felt like, you know, you just came to mind a few times. And I I really strongly always tell people if, you know, and I've learned the hard way because I have had people come to mind. I didn't reach out and I found out they were going through something really rough. And I think that was a good way for God to train me to have that listening ear. But when you have someone come to mind, that means you're supposed to call Act them. Act on it. Absolutely. Act on it. When, when you talk about the word connecting, what's interesting to me is I've always associated the word connect with service. Mm-hmm. I feel like connecting with people is 
an opportunity to serve people and also an opportunity to be served back. And, and let's be honest, all of us need that at certain points in our life. But when you get out and you connect or, you know, you don't have to get out where you connect in whatever way you're connecting in, when you reach out to connect, you have to reach out, right? Um, when you reach out, something's going to come back to you. And whether that's <clears throat> knowing that you helped somebody and you get to feel inspired by that and uplifted by that, or, or whether that's you reach out and, and someone's able to help you, it's, it's all, it all comes back to service. And, and, and in all reality, service helps you get outside of yourself. And, and we forget when we get outside of ourselves, we forget so much about our own problems and, and we are able to have so much more gratitude when we are connecting because we start to look at other people and we're looking for opportunities to serve and connect and help in any way we can. And I don't know, I, that trifecta is pretty awesome because I think it's just, it, it just continues to go around and around and around and it, and it, and they all kind of feed off each other. It's like a, it's like a saw, you know, like, <laughs> well, I just, it's, a it's, tri triangular. <laughs> yes. Yes. Not circular saw. No. I can see it in my mind. I'm <laughs> right? going to draw you like, a picture. Oh, there we so, go. So, go so it's interesting that you just said that because that was exactly what was going on in my head. And this idea of all of these three things, right? So the, I have ESPN. Yeah. I know. Yeah. ESPN, huh? It's just amazing. Sports on your mind? Man. Yeah. No, no. Movie girls. <laughs> ESPN. I can. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, anyway. But, but just this idea of, so wonder, connection, and I'm, and why am I forgetting the third? It's the first, really. Gratitude. 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 Duh. So like, in my mind, all of those three things are things that pull you outside of yourself. You cannot be focused on yourself and be grateful. You cannot be focused on yourself and have a sense of what, well, like not really like to have a sense of wonder about the world. You have to be outside of yourself and to connect, you have to be outside of yourself. Mm -hmm. All of those things pull you out. And every time I've been pulled out, I, I've struggled with pornography as well. Mm -hmm. And you know, one of the things that absolutely that does to me is it puts me in a, 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 a place of intense shame. Um, and because there's no connection. It's something that I'm looking after and I'm not finding the thing that I want because of no connection. There's, there's nothing there. You can't connect with anything. And this idea of these three things pulling you outside of yourself and how powerful that is when used in conjunction at being able to um, kind, of, kind of just keep the things down that make you make bad choices. I mean, part of having this body is learning how to care for it enough so that it doesn't go crazy and want crazy things at weird times. And all of what you're saying is just a, a basic, here's some essential things to do to take care of yourself so that you can be well-maintained and not have to feel like you have to go far outside of yourself to find something that you're looking for in a place where you're not going to be able to find it. Yeah. Well, what's funny is I literally, this journal takes like three minutes a night 
I mean, I don't brush my teeth for three minutes, but... <laughs> Whoa. I know. You don't? Because <laughs> oh. I wanted to pair that analogy I up, like brushing my teeth. I wonder about your brushing habits. <laughs> I would so much rather be wondrous than yeah. brushing my teeth. Yeah, but, you know, I wanted to, like, make that, yeah, you know, yeah, it's like brushing sense. your teeth daily. It's the same thing. But then I thought, wait, I don't brush my teeth for three minutes. But, <laughs> you know, like, this journal is, like, three minutes a night. And you guys, you don't even have to have my journal. It's every night you rate your day one to ten. You write down three things you're grateful for, and then you go viscerally, like, why am I grateful for that? Like what we described. Then you write down your favorite part of your day. And then I added to it at the very end this year, who did I think and why? You know, like, what was that connection with that person? And so you don't need the journal. You can just take a piece of paper, but if you get tired of writing lines like I did, you can just buy it or write your own. And, um, you know, with the... One thing that you can do while you're doing this is you take deep belly breaths. And, Mm -hmm. you know, if you're feeling pulled to go to something that's self-destructive, like when I launched KP Speaks, I suddenly felt the need that I was supposed to help men live victoriously because I saw the aftermath of what happened to my husband Mm -hmm. with what everything that happened to me. Um, And what happens to men is they isolate, they turn to self-destructive behaviors And then they just feel even more alone and then they just continue to spiral downward. And that's same with, you know, if we think about teen boys, mm-hmm. well, what, how much more powerful it would be if the teens knew these things so yeah. they could cope before Absolutely. they turn into the men. And what about our little boys? Yeah. Now our girls need to learn it too, though, because the girls need to know how to not self-destruct girls and boys right now. Like in Utah, the number one killer is suicide yeah. for mm-hmm. teens yep. college age kids it number it's number three mm-hmm. um and then for men you know the cdc according to the cdc every day approximately 129 people commit suicide and 93 of them are men mm. yeah. or they die by suicide excuse yep. me and and so we've got this huge pandemic of suicide happening that's not even counting the people who tried or who are thinking about it mm-hmm. And if we can learn that just like if it were brushing our teeth daily, we are working on our mental hygiene, taking care of our mental hygiene daily, which is the gratitude, the wonder, the meditation, learning to breathe deeply. When we get hit with the stuff that just we get hit with, life is going to be stressful. Mm -hmm. It doesn't matter what dark, deep, owie thing is going to happen. It's something's going to happen. I don't want to be like... In Italian, they go tia and they try and like anti-curse themselves. <laughs> Motley, is that Motley Crue? I don't yeah. know. Yeah, Motley Crue, they came from Italian. So um, yeah. that sign is to anti-curse yourself. But the thing is that life is meant to bring us through this process of refinement. And that refining is, I mean, refining is all about like fire. Fire burns, fire hurts. You know, you get like big, big owies. And so to help bring the salve to help maybe bring you know sometimes you have to my brother he actually had third degree burns all over his hand in germany he had scraped the skin off they yeah. scraped it but guess yeah. what in germany they didn't give him any painkillers yeah so as a missionary in germany and he plays guitar guitar is his passion he's in a band noble bodies i'm putting it out there putting it out there <laughs> um anyway they're scraping his hand daily and his hand looks gorgeous now like no scars somehow. I don't even know really? how, but that pain, some of us have to go through that type of emotional pain yeah. 
but we can get through it. And some of us don't have to go through that much if we've already learned the skills when we're maybe younger. It's a great analogy. And that's, uh, that, amen to what you just said. We, we can all make it through it, yeah. you know? And I, Absolutely. And, I, and I think what a gift, going back to what you're saying about when you're talking about men and women and us kind of recognizing what we go through and how we go through it, you know, and, and our, our young men and, and recognizing it for them. Parents, when we understand these things and we go through ourselves, then we're equipped to be able to help in their moments and their darkest hours. And that's where we need to show up. We show up for people we connect, you know, mm-hmm. and, and I, you know, I, I appreciate your, this conversation I, because it helps me think about myself. Um, I'm looking at myself and I'm, I'm applying the, the, um, the saw, if you will. And, um, there's things I need to work on, but, but I also, I'm thinking about my kids and my interactions with them. And I'm like, you know, with the way they're behaving, where are they at in their lives and how can I help them to like recognize these things about being grateful for things, being, you know, wondering about things, being connected, you know, get out and connect and, and whatever that looks like. And so, I appreciate it. And, and I'll tell you, you, you said, find what you're grateful for today. Mm-hmm. Thank you for coming. I, this has Absolutely. been awesome. This has been a pleasure. No, and, and it's been, we've had you here long enough. And so I think let's, let's wrap it up a little bit. And, um, and I, I, last question I have, and then, and then let, you, let me just, before yeah, you jump into that, yeah, do it. one of the things that really, that we both, that stood out to both of us as we were kind of preparing for this today. I wonder. I have no idea what he's going to say. I'm <laughs> well, in I wonderment. Think you do. We're oh, connected. You, do you? Okay. ESPN? <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> is that this phrase stuck out to us as we were reading about you. And it was this idea of every day of victory. Yeah. And I look at these three things and, and this list of, of four or five things to do every day. And I'm thinking... Well, okay. Like I can easily see how every day is a victory if I can get that part of it done. If I can take care of my physical body, give it the food and and whatever hygiene it needs, and do the same for my mental energy, like that is a huge victory. Because I know that as I build that out day after day, and I'm taking care of those basic needs, both emotionally and well, and I mean, spiritually would be part of that too, but emotionally and physically, like those are the things that are going to keep me from wanting to go out wandering and finding other things that I know are not going to be good for me. They're, mm-hmm. I, I don't like, I can see how that gets you out of self-destructive behaviors. And mm-hmm. so think like that was, that stood out to me. Like yeah. I really love that idea. I knew you were going to say that. I know <laughs> I did. <laughs> I knew that's amazing. Um, <clears throat> I think, I think the, the last question I have for you, um, it, going, going through everything that you've been through and I, and I know we haven't talked about a lot of it and I know there's a lot more deep wounds that you've been through that you haven't really expressed. And, and, uh, you know, I, I awesome, you know, I'm, I'm <clears throat> grateful that, that you opened up to us like you did and, and shared a lot of your life with us and, and what a great life you've lived and what a life of service you've lived. It's pretty awesome to see how you just want to give back and you want to help people around you. Um, it's inspiring. Um, I would, I think to me, I want to know what is the one thing that you tell yourself or you remind yourself of every day now that you've been through your your this dark period of your life and now that you've 
you still have moments like the other day with your kids where you're just in that battle and you're like, Oh, I can't, oh why? Mm-hmm. You know, what's the one thing that, that if you can remind yourself of one thing every day, what's that one thing you can go back to that, that, that will just feel, help you to feel empowered and, and able to move forward. Well, it's interesting. It used to be every day's a victory because that's what I felt like, like literally, okay, I made it through today. It's a victory. Now it's interesting how, um, it's shifted and what it has come to through self care and through what I've been going through is I am light and I see light in everybody and it brings me, um, when you see the light dimming in other people, like the thing I want to do is give my light to them. But I know that if I give my light to them, it's not their light and it will just take away from the strength that I have. But I can definitely 100% share my light. And as I share my light, um, it can ignite hopefully the light inside of someone else to remember that they are absolutely amazing, worth it. And there is a purpose and a reason that they are here and that they can, they're going to do this. And I'm, I'm with them. Like, you know, I just keep lighting my light and I do that through meditation, yoga, scriptures, prayer, um, connecting wonder and gratitude. That's awesome. That what a, what a great, yeah. What a great answer. And what a great way to end this podcast. And I, I just, thank you. And, And I light you know, that's delight, right? I, in, in, and as we've talked about, people that have delight in their lives or that light in their lives, that energy, are people who have that light about them and they're doing what it takes in their lives to maintain that and keep that there. And that means they know how to do that, which means they've been through some really rough times that have taught them how to not do that or, or the exact opposite of that so they know how to protect that light and to help it grow. And that's who, that's who are the people in our world that are feeding other people their light. Um, but you know, I, I, I recall a, a talk in, in church one day that when I was a kid going through a really hard time, I remember this lady got up and gave a talk on light and she said, you can't live on borrowed light forever. And I just remember as a kid that would sleep in church with my head down and not worry about anything anybody said, that that all of a sudden in my mind just stayed. It's stuck. You can't live on borrowed light forever. And I think what a special gift to give people to say, I'm going to try and give you some of my light, but I want to give you the tools. I want to equip, equip you with the ability to understand why you're going through these things so that you can grow your light. You can find yourself and you can really take off. And what you've talked about today is really, those are, those are awesome tools. And, and I appreciate you, you sharing those with us. So I appreciate you guys giving me this opportunity. It's been an amazing, um, experience and I felt very, you know, free to speak and you guys have 
I love that you guys, I just have to say this, that you're 18 months apart because my <laughs> six-year-old and four-year-old are 18 months apart yeah. and they fight like dogs. Yeah. So seeing eventually, you two right now, yeah. I'm like, there's hope. <laughs> <laughs> it may so. take some time. It yeah. took us a long time. Yeah. So, yeah. I really appreciate it. And a lot of what you've shared with me today has given me even more hope because we do have a lot of similarities in our stories. And like you said, um, all of us actually can relate in some way. Yeah. And that's what makes it you know, all of us know that we're not alone. We can do this. So yeah. thank yeah. you so much. Pretty special. Thanks, Christine. Thanks for coming. You know, at the, by the end of this podcast, uh, as we were interviewing Kristen, she was just so full of light. And when she was talking about, I am light and I can't give my light, but I can share my light. I could just see that coming out of her and I could feel it strongly. So very grateful that she was here. Uh, again, her book, is called Daily Reflections, a therapeutic gratitude practice for kids. We will be posting this on our social media platforms uh, as well with links to her social media and her website. Uh, please check them out. They are great resources uh, that we can all use. So just go out there, shine your light a little brighter and live full of delight. And we'll see y'all next time. Thank you for listening to our podcast, Come Towards Delight, where we try to connect with people who have delight and an uplifting story to share. If you enjoyed the show, please subscribe and share our podcast and help us spread delight. One last thing, we would love to hear from you. So please leave us your feedback. Or if you know someone who has brought delight to you, please email us at cometowardsdelight at gmail.com. See, See you, you next time. time.